Space Cowboy and If I Die First, Bloodstained Eyes from their split EP. And what a fucking song it is. What an EP it is. It's coming out real soon and I'm absolutely stoked to have Connie Scarbosa from Sea Space Cowboy on this week's episode of the show. Connie and I go in deep. There's been something about these last few weeks. People have just been getting more open, more intimate, sharing more and more about their lives. And with Connie, that's no exception. You know, we talk about her past living in vans around San Francisco. We talk about becoming an LGBT plus poster woman for the scene. We talk about whether their relative bit of fame is worth it, whether it's worth it for her to go out there day after day and front the band and be in the firing line and all of that kind of shit and whether the music side the catharsis the touring which is obviously on hold for everyone for the foreseeable future is actually worth it and i think you'll be surprised by the answer i think you'll you'll get what you expect but there's a nice twist to it too so i'm really happy to bring you this week's episode stick around to the end of the show as usual because we will have this track, Bloodstained Eyes in Full. And next week, I'm going to be chatting with a couple of the guys from Tigress about their favourite cereal. Completely different vibe, but still a really good one. So this is the More Than Punk Podcast. I'm Sid Mackay. I'm stoked that you're here. And I really think you're going to love this episode. This is Connie Scarbosa from Sea Space Cowboy. Let's do it. We have like a few more days and then we're wrapped up with uh, tracking. Nice. I'm not going to ask you how that's going because I know that every interviewer ever says, what's it like working in the studio? And you go, I mean, I write lyrics and fucking play guitar and sing some songs. And it's the same every time. Yeah, that's that's pretty uniform experience for most bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make for much fodder. Um, one thing that I'm super curious about, though, I've been listening to this band recently called Ducking Punches. Um, they're from the UK. They're sort of like small time, but they're seriously fucking good. And I was wondering if there's anything you've been listening to lately where you've just been like, holy shit, I like this way more than I thought I would. Um, Like bands I didn't think I'd like initially or yeah. just like that I love. I mean, I am super open-minded when it comes to music. So like, I can't think of like any like band that I look at i'm like i don't think i'm gonna like this you know mm -hmm. i'm like my my taste like runs the gamut of like everything i like mostly listen to electronic music i like love heavy music of course i play in this band i love singer songwriter folky shit and i i love indie rock you know there's really nothing that like i love hip-hop and trap and shit like there's nothing i don't like kind of just yeah i even like country you know like so there's no band that ever I'm like, I'm not going to like this. And then like listen to it and love it. I'm very like open to like whatever. 
you know, I've never been one. I've always wanted to be one of those people and I've never imagined, like managed it. And when I went to university, people were like, oh, you know, you're going to get into like different stuff and you're stop listening to medical and blah, blah, blah. And I've had probably just out of being a stubborn asshole. I feel like I just like dug my toes in even more, you know, and yeah. I'm like, and it's uh, I'm like, oh, there's so much cool stuff I'm missing. But now I'm just too fucking old. You know what I mean? Like my Spotify is just the same shit over and over. And I'm just like quietly ashamed of myself. I was just like introduced to like a variety of shit super early. Like my dad would like make me listen to like Junior Brown, like fucking trucker country while also showing me like Black Flag, but also the Chemical Brothers and like Massive Attack. So like from like a young age, I've been like very immersed in like every, like all the music I could be immersed in that's super cool my mine was not like that at all I remember like faintly hearing bands like the Red Hot Chili Peppers that sort of older like under the bridge era stuff that kind of everyone grew up on um but that was kind of it and then I still remember the very first time my friend showed me um Wednesday 13 and it was the Murder Dolls doing a cover of Billy Idol's White Wedding I don't know if you've seen that but I was, it just, it blew my fucking mind, like, and it's aged terribly, but it's still amazing, and it, like, it blew my fucking mind, man, and there's this whole thing of, like, uh, I just, yeah, I was, like, oh, okay, that's metal, like, I don't like that, and then just, like, slowly, incrementally, it got, it kind of grew on me, you know? Yeah, no, I, like, I, yeah, it it was, it's always just been, like, everything, everything for me like even like listening to like ice cube like really young like finding like the predator cd and shit like that and and being like oh like this is fucking sick um you know so i was kind of lucky in that way i was like it was my parents weren't like just listening to classic rock and like that's it i was like raised on every genre of music you can be raised on probably i imagine you must write loads of stuff that is like awesome but not for space cowboy like are you thinking like eventually there's going to be some kind of spin up i'm i'm not obviously i'm not going to hold you to this and be like the scoop connie says there's going to be a great side project but do you get what i mean right you don't yeah, I, I mean you I don't just write metal yeah no i definitely like when it comes like for me doing side projects and shit is like a really fun prospect because i don't play any instruments so i need to like recruit other musicians and it's like a chance to work with a bunch of people but like i definitely have like ideas in my head for like a pure like dancey sass project that's definitely one that's very much in my mind and then i'm i have been talking to some producers like ned arb and shit about like doing like some like hype fucking sassy dance trap music shit i don't know i don't really know how to describe it just like some like hype fun like music with sass over it just like I don't and like I'm also like talking to other people about starting like really like heavy beat down bands um I like I I since I have like such like a wide range of shit I like I the idea of doing a bunch of projects is really alluring to me but it's also like about like managing my time and like finding the right people to do them with you know mm. so that's that's like my one like barrier it's like okay I gotta find people to do it and I gotta find the time because like space cow is a full-time thing and I do art full-time as well um so it's like hard to like manage all this shit and everybody I, I want to work with also has their own careers and is doing shit all the time too yeah it's like that it becomes that whole thing about like trying to manage burnout right and just making sure you don't kill yourself over like trying to because I'm, I'm the same man I, I, I'm, I'm the same I'm such a I'm such a magpie. I'm just like, oh, shiny, oh, shiny. You know, like I'll do something for a year and then I go, okay, I'm bored. I'm done now. And I'm, I'm about halfway through a year doing this. And I'm, I'm beginning to think like, shit, am I still, am I still adding value? Like, am I doing anything interesting? It's such a weird thing. I've always been amazed when people just get right fucking stuck into something, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not me. I've played in so many different bands of different genres over like since I first started doing bands in high school that like, I've never stuck to like one thing. Even like Space Cowboy is the first metalcore band I've ever done. Every other band I've been in has been different genres and shit. What what made you decide to go music over art as like um I don't want to man if, if if I sound if I said like fucking money earner it makes me sound like a cynical old bastard, and I guess I kind of am. But like what what made you go music? 
Well, over. I over make art. most money from art. Music does yeah. not pay my bills at all. Um, the main thing that pays my bills is doing art for like bands releases and like being a creative director for projects now. Um, that's what pays my bills way more than music. Um, the, the whole thing of like making music, my career like, was never my plan. It just kind of fell in my lap. Like space cowboy was supposed to be a completely for fun band that we never thought anybody would give a fuck about. And then out of nowhere, label offers just started to come in like about a year and a half into the band like label offers just like started falling in our laps and then we made the decision to be like okay like we'll tour full-time and be like like let's try this out like this doesn't this is like a really rare opportunity that like most musicians would love to have like let's we kind of have to like see where this goes um because before that i'd already been doing art for a living for years um so yeah it I, i mean if Music was my planned career. I would not have named my band Sea Space Cowboy. And I probably <laughs> never made this genre of music and thought this is going to blow up and be huge. Like, this is what I'm going to live off of, you know? So it was very much an unplanned thing. It just came out of nowhere and we took it. What would, this is, I guess, kind of an unfair question, right? But what would the, the ideal kind of musical route have been if you were like, this is going to be my career? This is going to be what I do every day? I have no fucking idea because. I had always been like super like immersed in like the DIY screamo and hardcore scene. So making music for like money or having a band that signed or making it a career was never anything I ever fucking thought about until it fell in my lap. It was never even a like glimmer of an idea in my head. It was always just, okay, I'm going to like do art. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to like go to be a graphic designer. And like, that's going to be like my career. And that's cool. Um, like, I was literally, we got started getting the offers and did our first, like, full U.S. tour. Our, like, last thing we did as a DIY band was a 44-day full U.S. tour that we booked, like, ourselves. And that was, like, my last hoorah. I was getting ready to go to college and fall. And then those label offers fell in my lap. And I was just like, all right, like, I guess I'm not going to college then. I'm going to, like, try this out and see what happens. And then from like doing music, my I my art clientele grew and it just grew into this thing where it's like it went from like barely being able to survive off art to like, you know, doing quite well and like living like an actual like what people view as like a proper adult life, I guess, to an extent. That is fucking wild. Yeah. So I did the opposite, right? I was like, I'm going. I, I don't play an instrument. I don't sing. Like I've raged against, you know, album reviews and all kinds of shit on this podcast before because they're mostly written by people like me who don't play instruments or sing. Um, so we don't really know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to constructing a song. So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to like interview bands and do all that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, put like pushing at it, pushing at it. But then I, there came up, I had the exact opposite thing. It was like, oh, I have to be an adult now. I have to get a job. And so I'm like the most unpunk punk sellout ever, you know, like full on like corporate job and everything. And it's like, once that came together, I was like, Oh, now I can do this. This yeah. is fun. Like, I mean, that's fucking rad that it, that it happened the way that it happened. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's, it's cool as fuck. And it's, it's, I feel like it's also kind of strange because a lot of people ask me like, Oh, how do you like, do you get your band big? How do you get your band signed? And yeah. I, have no fucking idea and all we did was make music we wanted to make and tour and then it just like fell upon us there was no like secret there was no like paying people to promote us there was no like insider like music business shit it was literally just like we got some emails after people noticed that like we toured a lot and like people liked us that was it is it weird when people come to you for advice about stuff I mean, it is, it's weird because I can't give it because like, I didn't do anything special. I like, all I can tell them was I like what I made must've had merit because like, I didn't do shit, you know, no produce, like there was no producers on like early space cowboy. There was no tour managers. There was no booking agents. There was nothing. It was just like us. We were, I was organizing our own vinyl pressings and, our, and putting our own records with like little mini DIY labels helping like, taking on like 50 copies to help the cost kind of thing um so like i really can't like give people advice and be like yeah this is what you do do xyz like this is who can help you because it was really just us doing our thing until it wasn't 
is it weird like finding yourself in and I, to, to kind of give some more context to this question I was talking to um, Frank Turner a few months back and he's sort of saying that you know people email him and they say hey I was thinking about doing this in my life or can I get some life advice on this yeah and he's like what the fuck like I am I am not qualified to give life advice to other people yeah. do you people kind of look up to you now right do you does that weird you the fuck out that it, it is it is strange like I understand why they're doing it um yeah like to the extent because I, I was never the kind of person like message my idols and like find out how to do things i never i always kind of rejected the concept of like idols or heroes and just was like fuck that shit like i'm gonna do my own thing i don't care and i got like i get it but like i can't give people advice because like my life's a fucking mess half the time still like i'm not special like i i people will try and get me like play therapist for them about like their life issues and i kind of just had to be like look like i don't know i'm just a person like i have my own fucking issues and i have my own relationship problems and, and addiction issues and shit like i can't help you with yours like i don't have i don't have insight that you don't have i'm literally just like you and so yeah it is a bit strange because i can't help like i kind of wish i had shit to tell people to help them out but i just don't yeah yeah it's it's almost i talked about this a bit on on the podcast with a few different people i I feel like, and this is my best guess, right? I feel like it's that whole thing of the way we connect to music. You know, someone writes lyrics and we're like, oh, they're talking to us. Like yeah. you wouldn't go to a murder writer for murder advice because you yeah. could kind of understand that like a novel is a novel, you know? Yeah, it definitely is like part of that. I mean, and I, I get it. I like, I've written lyrics that are very much like, you know, telling people like, don't give up, like you're fine, you're chilling. But I think they misinterpret as like, me screaming that in a song isn't really for them so much as it is things I want to tell myself, but like can't. So like when I say don't be afraid to exist, yes, it's addressing those people, but it's mostly telling myself like, hey, Connie, like, you know, you're, I, you'll never tell yourself this corny ass shit normally. So like I put it in a song and like, that's how I tell myself, like, that's how you should be, you know? Um, and like, it, it also like comes down to like people like, putting me as like the figure for like trans women in like hardcore like queer individuals in general I you know I'm not special there's nothing about me that makes me like have like this like brilliant confidence or anything like I don't possess this shit I'm just as insecure and I have just as much gender dysphoria as like any queer person like I'm not super like fucking my life's figured out and shit it's I'm I, I'm not infallible. I'm very much like a flawed person and deal with the same shit as everyone else. I can't like tell people how to like perfectly live their lives as like a queer person or how to come out to their parents or come out to whoever, you know, I can't help them with that. It's a, a personal journey. Yeah, that's always such a, oh man, it's it's one of those weird ones, right? Where like, there, I think you say so, so much of it is personal and so much of it is intimate. And I, I will always remember and I think most queer people do, right? We remember like when we came out and we're like, oh, this is a, you know, is it going to be a nightmare? Is it not? Yeah. And then there's so much that goes into like, what am I trying to say? Like being, a, I, I suppose like a public figure, right? Because it's like, you just so happen to be this as well as the singer of Space Cowboy. Yeah. And therefore we need you to comment on like every single fucking thing, right? Yeah, I like there's definitely a, almost a duty to and I have no problem doing that like I told myself part of when I quote unquote sold out and signed to a label um I told myself I would always use my platform to speak about the issues I want that's why Space Cowboy's super open about being queer super anti-capitalist always talking about communism always doing all these things fighting against like the oppression of marginalized groups that's the one thing I told myself is I would use my platform that I have now to speak about issues always but it does get kind of convoluted when it comes down to the personal basis the basis of people like i can speak about the general oppression and fighting against that but i can't teach you how to live your life as a queer person in society i just can't it's for you to like you to decide and figure out how you want to do that yourself because i could go around telling everyone like yeah come out and be proud and da 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 but i could tell that to the wrong person and they do that and they get seriously hurt or killed and that's 
on me then and partially, you know? So I can't just go around saying, yeah, live your life, do it. Like I do it. You can do it too. It's not like that. So I have everybody who asks me for advice, I tell them you have to do what you're comfortable with and what is safe for you to do. You know, not everybody can just come out in a big statement and live their life openly. It's just not the case. Mm. I f- yeah, man. I, yeah. I feel like, I mean, it, as an aside, that in and of itself, it's fucking great advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the best I can give to people. Honestly, I know they want me to tell them to live loud and proud, but I, I can't. It's not safe for everybody to live loud and proud. I can, I'd rather work to tackle the issues of why it's not and change public perception rather than tell kids to like just throw caution to the wind and do their thing. It's not for everybody. Like I've dealt with shit. Like I've had to fight motherfuckers on the street for being queer and shit. Like not everybody can is willing to do that. Not everyone's willing to scrap to like be who they are um you know so it's really a personal thing for each person and i would rather tackle the issues and fight the societal um disregard of like trans rights and queer rights and like perception i'd rather fight that than be like the personal messiah for all the queer kids Mm. like we know that we live in a in a fucked up world right and and i get that nothing's perfect one of the things that i find really interesting to ask bands that do similar things to yours and you know bands like kind eyes the um, anti-racist hardcore band is like do you find that you're attracting people through your music who then get on board with the shit that you're saying or do people already on board with the shit that you're saying and then they're there and through the music does that make sense there's definitely a mix of both i did there's definitely to an extent i we do exist in an echo chamber i've definitely you know, singing and existing in a place that has a lot of queer people. But I've definitely encountered people who have told me I didn't know shit about any of this or I was really, I was a little uneasy about it. But like, you know, the, the existence of this band and your existence and what you say has helped me like become more okay with it or like understand it more. Um, so it's definitely a mix of the both. I don't think I'm changing hearts and minds of millions of people or anything like that. But there's definitely been a, some people who have told me that like, oh, They've opened up a lot more, but there's, of course, there's also extreme detractors, you know, it's like really a mix of like all three, the middle ground the ex- and both extremes. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the extreme detractors can get fucked really. It's kind of, yeah. and, and I get, and I get how that sounds, right. There's that whole idea of like ex- excluding people from your space that you don't, that don't agree with you or whatever, but nah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, my, my stance has always been, I will, I can try to educate people. But if they spit in my face afterwards, then like fuck them. Like I, I'm okay with the lack of under- education and understanding at first. Mm. But if you continue to be adamantly opposed to me after we tried to have an understanding, then like yeah, I'll spit back in your face. Like I, at at that point, like I did, I did my duty. I tried. I didn't throw you off the boat immediately, but but now if you're still you know saying that like all trans people should be like dragged in the street and you know, bite the curb, then like, yeah, we have a fucking problem at that point, you know? Yeah, this this won't be new for you at all, but I've noticed over the past kind of week or so, I've reached a level of like internet fame, if you will, where I now attract middle-aged guys and they like comment on my shit and being like, that's not punk, you're not punk, this isn't <laughs> punk. And you're, it's honestly, it is the weirdest fucking thing. Yep. Uh, like, don't you have like a family and a, or a life or a job or like something it, bad to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like success is, is now measured by how long I can keep those people commenting on my Facebook posts and wasting their days. Yeah. I mean, and they'll go fucking ever. I mean, I was just looking at some of the YouTube comments for bloodstained eyes. There's, you know, long winded 60 comment debates about shit, um, about like trans shit. And it's just like, wow. I, I really live in your head rent free. Like you really trying to start a revolution in the YouTube comments of a music video. <laughs> it's kind of wild how far people will like try to like go to like express their disdain for like what's happening in the world. It's, it's almost it, like, to me, it feels like people will seek it out. You know, yeah, a part they- of my shit is my shit, right? I run ads because yeah you know so people find it through ads and whatever but yeah sometimes it's like did you just did you just google like people that aren't proper punks so you can rag on them on facebook like calm down people will definitely go out of their way and i think it's really funny because they'll people will always comment about like 
social justice warriors like going out of their way to be offended but there's so much from the opposite side of the coin it's like very ironic for me to like look at and like digest it's that i feel like it's going to be such a weird thing to when you have like for for your band more than me because your following's obviously bigger um but you have social and it does a good thing and then on the flip side it does a bad thing and it must feel weird being stuck kind of in the middle of like there's always going to be a dickhead for every good thing that you do but then you're always gonna you know mean something more to so many other people right i mean i think it's just kind of the thing that you have to be okay with if you put on a elevated platform you know like you're just gonna have to deal with it it's just part of it and it was very weird for me at first like when space cowboys started to get bigger and therefore like people started to pay attention to me more it was definitely something i had to get used to like okay like everything i say is now like taken seriously by a lot of people and like you know sometimes it's dissected critically or anything like that like anything i say like means something now it's not just like me like running my mouth or talking about whatever um i definitely had to get used to like i need to be like a little bit more critical and like think about everything that i say or whatever stance i take on anything more so than ever because it's going to get dissected or digested by a lot of people at this point do you have people having those conversations with you or is it stuff that you feel like you had to figure out on your own and you maybe said something and it's backfired or whatever and you're going oh shit i'm not doing that again i mean i definitely there were definitely some people who would you know tell me like oh yeah connie like stop saying such out-of-pocket shit all the time on the internet um but it wasn't necessarily correlated to like my following it's more just like in general like you know tone it down like no more hot takes kind of thing um but it was very much was something i like kind of like learned on my own to be like i don't want to deal with controversy and i don't necessarily want to have like what some opinion i posted come up on twitter six months later as like a oh, this is what Connie from Sea Space Cowboy said. Um, so I kind of just toned it down on my own because I just didn't want to deal with any bullshit. And I didn't, I don't want to like argue with anyone online. It's not really my interest. Even like, you know, even if somebody will like post something hateful ass shit anywhere, like directly correlated to like a status I post or a tweet or something, I'll just block them. I don't even have like much of an interest in like debating people online anymore at all so it's to avoid that i've just kind of kept things to myself mostly unless i feel they're absolutely paramount to be shared you know like something actually very important do you feel like people know you even though there's kind of a split there's like you know public connie and then private connie uh yeah i mean to an extent they don't like people don't people who just know me through the band and shit don't know the real me you know not as much as like my bandmates or my friends know there's definitely like i feel like with anybody there's your public life and your private life and like i feel like the lack of seeing my private life is what makes a lot of people think that i'm like somebody who has life entirely figured out and can help them because they don't see that oh no actually in private i'm a very insecure person i'm dealing with so much shit all the time that's that but they only see the public me the very outspoken the very openly queer the very um whatever so like it plays into that so yeah people definitely don't know me as well as they think they know me and i definitely deal with a lot more shit than people know but that's with anybody who any musician any artist who like lives exists in like the public eye will always have a private life that's like hidden away i think i think you need to to just keep parts of yourself right yeah definitely i mean there's definitely like you definitely have to like yeah keep something for yourself secret like there there have been times where i'm very like open about what's going on in my life but i've kind of learned that like i don't want all the messages i get if i'm being like oh you know like i relapsed i don't want a bunch of hundreds of messages from people who don't know like what it's like to be telling me oh i'm sorry like it's okay yada 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 i just i don't deal with that well and i don't want that so i've learned to kind of keep shit to myself 
and like deal with the people who like are actually involved in my life and like can will like help me and shit like that not get public sympathy and stuff like that i would find the whole thing and this is one of the the kind of interesting things right is because i'm on this side and i do this you can sort of take out the shit that i say and stitch together like a perfectly interesting monologue from the person that i've interviewed right the stuff that i it's kind of irrelevant so I don't run into it in the same way that you do, where there must be this kind of pressure from all those people that you're getting messages from and that kind of stuff to be like, fuck, I just have to constantly put on a brave face or like I, yeah. I feel, you know, res- slightly responsible for these people if I post something that's negative and they go, oh, me too. It kind of creates a spiral, right? It does. It definitely does. Like, there's definitely a part of me that's just like, I have to just be the figurehead. I mean, like, I have to be the person who's going to be in all those articles about like, you know, Bonnie Scarbosa, trans women changing punk rock, like whatever it may be. Like I have to be that person to an extent. It's definitely something that like, it does more good for me to just be that person than to be like, Oh, Connie Scarbosa, trans women changing punk rock, also dealing with extreme, also bipolar dealing with extreme addiction issues and shit like that. You know, it's it. One does way more good than the other. Mm. it's better to be like a symbol in that way for people than them to know oh i'm actually like a very mentally unstable person and i have really bad days and i have really gnarly issues it's better for them just to know there's a trans woman making metalcore and she's signed so that means you might be able to do that too in your life the barriers kind of been broken trans people are in like larger like music projects and in like larger media and it's good. It does good. But it means that I have to like keep a lot of what's going on in my life like very cool. hush hush. I, I kind of want to ask you if it's worth it. Because obviously there's always that trade off, right? Like if you can do music to like make a living, feed yourself, whatever, however you define that. And then there's all that public stuff that we've just been talking about for like the past half hour. And it, like I don't, I don't have an answer to that question. I think it's worth it because if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably just be working doing, you know, designs for some company and I'd much rather be out here expressing myself through music and getting catharsis and doing art, even though like, yeah, it has its flaws. Like I being a professional musician and like a professional artist in quotation marks is not the fantasy dream role that everybody like, you know, makes it out to be. It's very stressful being freelance it's very draining to like do the thing you love as a job because it turns into the uh, more of a chore than like something that you're passionate about eventually. But I would say it's ultimately worth it because I would rather be doing this than anything else. You know, I can't think of anything else that'd be better. I don't want to, you know, make designs for Nike. You mean you wouldn't trade all of this for a corporate job? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, every single thing in life will have its drawbacks there's no there's no like pure great fantasy lifestyle i mean it's super cliche at this point but i know fools who are rich as all fucking hell and they still you know have suicide attempts all the time and they're still living very depressing lives and they're still sad even though they have all the success that people dream of huge musicians or like very like very like popular people whatever it may be millions and millions of dollars still miserable at times still depressed nothing will like truly make you happy and nothing will like fix your life or make the like dealing with like the dread like existential dread of existing go away it's just life you just try to make yourself as happy as you can be and do the thing that's best for you that's really all you can do there's no cure-all there's no bliss like true bliss of like, if I just get this job, if I just get this much money, if I just do this, it doesn't exist. You just do the best you can for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I I fucking love that. Uh, When I was in New Zealand, I read an article about like how much money people need to make to sort of stop worrying, stop having that, that money existential dread. And it was something around like 60 to no, but like 70 to 80,000 NZ, which is roughly equivalent to like 40K um, yep. UK or 50K um, US, right? But I remember I remember reading that and just being like, fuck yeah, if, if as soon as those problems go away, like 
life becomes so much more existential. And I, I feel like there's that endless pursuit for like more, not necessarily more stuff, but like more meaning, like what yeah. happens next? What comes next? Like, what am I? Yeah. I mean, I, I had ter- I was in a terrible financial situation for so long and you know, my partner, she would talk to me and I, I go on these tirades about, I just need more money. I just need to be financially secure and then I'll feel way better. Like, just like I need to do this, this and this. And she like sat me down. She's like, well, how much do you need to feel better, to feel safe and secure? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, would 10,000 feel good? I'm like, yeah, it would feel great. But then I, but then that's only 10,000. I'm still like in like poverty level, you know, like, and it really made me stop and think like, damn, like, yeah, it really is like this endless pursuit and I'll never be happy. Because like I said, I know people who have millions and millions of dollars and they're still working themselves to fucking death. They're still not satisfied, you know? And it's, it really made me stop and think and be like, you know, I just need to be okay with like my life. And I like do very well for myself nowadays. Um, But there's definitely years of my life where I was just like, holy fuck. Like I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to be worrying about bills money will never be a thing I have. And it still is like that to an extent. Um, and, but I just kind of learned that I just have to like let go of that and just be like, life is what it is. I might never make a shit ton of money. I don't even really want to make a shit ton of money, but the, Im- the impact and that financial shit will always hang over your head no matter what. So just like keep trudging through life. Just don't pay it as much mind. Yeah, I feel like once you've been like properly skinned for a long time, no matter how much you make, it's always in the back of your fucking mind. You know, there's always that sense of like, is this going to be enough? Can I cover the bills? Like, should I spend that? Should I save this? I mean, and it, it's kind of a, a, a curse in a way too, because like before I started like meeting people who were like really well off and like, you know, uh, I got like introduced to like a world of like, you know, having nice things and like being taken out to like nice dinners and on nice dates and shit. Like I never gave a fuck about money. I was like a, I like lived in a van with my girlfriend, like my ex-girlfriend at the time. Like I lived in like, you know, shitty parts of like Oakland. Like I lived like paying rent month to month, like barely making it. And I didn't give a fuck, but it was once I like got introduced to like, Oh, this is what it's like to like have somebody buy you like a couple grand's worth of clothes in one outing or like, or like take you out to nice places or all this shit. Like something in my brain switched and all of a sudden I was like super worried about my financial situation out of nowhere. Like punk Connie was almost like gone. The one who was like, I don't give a fuck. Like it's money. Like I just need to buy cigarettes and food and I'm good. You know, and my brain kind of switched to like, Oh, like I need to worry about financials and be like secure and shit. Like it kind of sucks. I kind of wish I was still like punk, pure punk Connie and just like down for whatever. But all this anxiety about money came up and I'm just like fucked now. Yeah. I, I still wish that I was pure punk Seb, but it's, it's almost like you get older and yeah. you start to go oh shit i can't do this forever it definitely was part of that it was, it was part of like experiencing those things for the first time being like this is nice but also part about part of being like i'm 24 25 now like shit <laughs> i gotta like do i want to like keep like living like in these places or do i want to like actually like build like my life up a little bit more and have like a nice space to make art and things and not just be drawing on my bed anymore like I actually buy furniture and yada 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 and I definitely started leaning more towards that being better than drawing on my bed and whatever it's it's the simple like honestly it sounds dumb but it's the simple things yeah I mean like I I definitely not like I'm not the kind of person who goes out and buys like Louis Vuitton handbags and shit like that I'm definitely not that kind of person who's like, I'm going to drop $3,000 on a jacket. But I am that person who's like, you know what? I'm going to buy myself a nice art table or Mm. I'm going to get a new tablet to do art with and things like that. That's like who I am now. Like I'm going to build financial security. I'm definitely not like looking to like, I'm going to fucking go buy Gucci shoes. It'll be sick. I'm going to go buy a grill for $20,000. I just want to like have like nice furniture, nice place to create art, like make my studio nice. So I can like continue to like build myself in that way. 
I've never been into a Louis Vuitton or a Gucci store. I've walked past them, but I've I've always just been like there. There are always the kind of stores that have queues outside them, and I, yeah. I'm just like this is. It's it's just I'm wearing a Beartooth fucking hoodie. Like it's a whole it's a whole world away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like I have nice things like that. Like I have a Louis bag. I have Gucci shoes. Yada yada yada. But they've been gifts that other people buy me. Like I've never like gone in and be like I'm gonna buy this. Like it's always been like somebody will like be like, oh here you go, and like and then I'm like okay like I'm not gonna say no to this shit. I'm gonna like why fuck it? Why, why, why would you say no to that shit? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You you just. Like, Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't want people to think that like I like. I'm not going out and buying gold chains and like diamond like rings and shit. Like I, I still very much like live a, you know, moderate, middle class life. But other people buy me nice things. Anyone that's made it this far into the interview is not going to think that you go out and buy <laughs> grills and gold chains and shit. Like, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, you were mentioning that like art studio creating nice spaces and stuff for yourself is that something that grounds you now when you're like have we yeah we obviously talked about existential dread is that the kind of thing that now you're just like yes i have a space i can exist i can do whatever no pressure no one around just do my shit definitely i mean um it's so nice that i'm like starting to create a space because like i lived with my like girlfriend for like years um but i was always kind of like living in her apartment i never had my own space and now i finally do and so like my goal over like the last six months has been like i will make this my place too like this is my studio um and it's definitely been like helping my mental like way more than i ever thought it would i thought i was like fine being like i'm nomadic i will do anything anywhere it's fine but having like a place like this is my nice l-shaped desk that i can like rest my elbow on and, and work all day you know and my cat can come sit over here with me and yada 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 it's it's so nice to feel like grounded in that way finally for the first time in my life ever i feel like i'm building a space that's like mine not just a temporary home that i'm gonna like move out of or i'm not gonna be able to afford soon and you know have to like hop hop back in the van or like you know find cheaper living somewhere else i have always loved the idea of being the traveling troubadour you know that whole thing of just like a night in a different place i mean i i mean like, I, you know but I, it's, it's just not me like fundamentally i'm, I'm like you now i need a space to yeah. exist in yeah i i don't know if i can do that now back when i was like 23 it was really nice to, to be like yeah i like you know for like a month or two like I lived homeless in San Francisco with my ex-girlfriend and we would literally just drive around with our dog and she had like gutted the van and built like a I raised up bed in there it was all nice we had like blankets we'd block out all the windows so we could sleep wherever whenever it was like very nice it was sweet but I wouldn't want to do that now you know the the allure of like being like I live in a van I travel around the bay and I sleep on giant hills and I sleep on Twin Peaks. It's cool. But now I'm like, well, I want my studio and I want my like desktop and my tablet and then my, all my art supplies and shit. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I feel like as you get older, that stuff just like we both said, it's just about building like a life and stability yeah. and, and all of that stuff that is seriously unpunk. And that we're going to get dragged over the coals for once this interview goes out, because people are going to be like, oh, those fucking poses. But, you know, I already dealt with it when we signed. There was definitely a large outcry of like fucking Space Cowboys sold out, signed to Pure Noise. And I'm like, why am I selling? Because Pure Noise just gives me money to create whatever the fuck I want. Like, that's all they do. They don't tell me what to do. They don't write my music for me. They literally just be like, here's a budget to like go do cool music videos and like record with sick people like that's all pure noise does for us yeah it's it's always made me laugh that whole thing of like but you know some people have sold out since they started touring advanced with seats you just can't win some labels will tell you you need to do this or do this or yada 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 but like we made sure when we were talking to each label like the first question we asked was like are you going to tell us what to do what to make how to dress whatever pure noise said no we're, we want you to do your thing. So we're like, yes, we'll take it. And that they've kept to their word. They've never told us what the fuck to do, what to make. It's always just, oh, album coming up. Here's your budget. 
have fun. <laughs> I'm sick. I'll take it. Yeah, they sound like awesome, awesome people. I haven't met anyone from Pure Noise, but I talked to like a decent amount of your label mates and everyone says, I mean, obviously people aren't going to like shit on their label, but you can always tell when people like genuinely just love the people yeah. that they work with and you get such a good vibe from them. They're a great label. I mean, they've kept, I mean, in reality, they're not that big of a label, but they've mm. kept huge bands their, like for their entire lifespan. Like story so far, band is massive, has always been happy with pure noise because pure noise takes care of you they they take care of their bands they're great people they're just fucking like they're not like suits you know they're just chill they just like music and they just want you to like succeed they're not yeah. like looking to like make you a cash cow or anything like that or a cash cowboy it's based with that doesn't work i'm gonna quit while i'm here <laughs> Connie, this has been ab an absolute treat. Thank you for hanging out. Oh, of course. Thank you for wanting to talk to me and shit. I had a great time. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I love this shit. I enjoy the rest of your birthday. All right, thank you so much. So there you have it, my friends, my conversation with Connie Scarbosa from CU Space Cowboy. Now that new split EP with the awesome if i die first is called a sure disaster it's out may 14th on pure noise records but of course you can stream it you can buy it hell you can probably get it tattooed into your skin at this point i don't fucking know i really hope you enjoyed that chat i mean one thing that's been really cool about these podcasts and and the ones that i've got lined up for you over the next couple of weeks is it's not just more revealing for the people i'm interviewing i feel like i get to talk a little bit more about what brought me into the music industry, what that's been like, my experiences. And it's quite cool to see, you know, where those experiences line up, where they differ between this side of the industry and the band side of the industry. And I think, you know, apart from what we do, there are a lot of similarities. So make sure you come back next week. I'm chatting with Tigress. We're talking about their favorite cereal. Um, it's a completely different vibe, but it's an absolutely hilarious episode, and I really think you're going to love it. This is Bloodstained Eyes. It's See You Supposed Cowboy, If I Die First, and you're on the More Than Punk podcast. You'll be the